Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Off the Bench with Jack Crawshaw and Paul Hazelby. Yes, good morning. Welcome to Off the Bench right across the West. Great to have your company this morning wherever you may be listening, right across the great land, whether you're up the north in Broome, down the south in Albany, out to Kalgoorlie. We've got you all covered here on Off the Bench this morning. Jack Crawshaw is my name, and I've got the former Fremantle Dockers great Paul Hazelby alongside me as always. Good morning, Hayes. Good morning, Jack. Yeah, great to have all the footy back, and it's not too long until some of these country leagues kick off. Looking forward to that, and there's going to be some big movers across all the country competitions. Let's hope your team is one of them. Well, well, let's hope so. Uh, the Blues look good on Thursday night, Hayes. We're going to talk a bit more about the Eagles and the Dockers with their games to come as we go throughout the show. But I mentioned the other week, Hayes, about how I thought you were just getting a bit too big for this show uh, and uh, how you'd uh, got onto the television and on Fox Footy and uh, you're doing a bit of work there with the AFLW. But I think you've even got even greater for your boots now, Hayes, because all of a sudden you are now the face of the Perth Stadium app all of a sudden. So when people go on and have a bit of a look at how, what they can expect at Optus Stadium this weekend, they get your mug again. Let's just clarify that. You, you know how everything. small an app is. It only just fits onto your phone. So I'm the face of the <laughs> Perth Stadium app. It's so small, Jack. But it's not about how small the app is. It's about how many people have the goddamn app and are exposed to you again. Do you have the app? Uh, you, uh, no, I don't actually. There you go. So not to, too many people have it. But no, it's a great opportunity. It's on Facebook and it's on Twitter and Instagram and all those platforms. You know the best part is I get to go there and do all the videoing. Yeah. And every time I do it, so I do this once a week yeah. leading up to a game, you get to go to a different part of the stadium. Oh. So by the end of it, I'll know every room, every patch of turf. I can't wait. Okay, right. Yeah. I saw you actually enjoying one of the bars in the first episode. Mm, single fin sitting, bar. Okay. You were just sitting back and enjoying that. Now, uh, I'll tell you who else is enjoying themselves over the last... 12 months, Hayes, is the AFL. Yeah. 26% increased revenue in the last 12 months for the AFL, which takes it over something ridiculous amount of money, Hayes, because we know how big the AFL is these days. Increased revenue to 133.6 from... Have increased by 133.6 million to 650 million dollars. Well, look, they expanded into the new markets, didn't they? Seven and eight years ago, and with that comes extra revenue because of the broadcast deal, and that's why they've got the new revenue coming in because they just signed the new big broadcast deal with Seven and Fox and many other media outlets out there. And I think what they need to learn from this, Jack, is that what they're doing, their core business, is footy in this country. And if they keep doing that, they'll keep making money. I worry that they're now going to start to spend a a lot of that money expanding the game into AFLX, but also going into overseas markets, which then could become a waste of money because I think they just continue to do what they do so well. Well, they've got six hundred and fifty million, Hayes, at uh, the increased revenue, but expenditure increased by only five point three million, which is three percent to one hundred and ninety-two million dollars. Well, I think some of those handouts, the big handouts they've been given to the Gold Coast Suns and the GWS, some of them have become reduced. I'd love to see a bit of that money go back into grassroots footy, the state competitions, the country competitions to make it a more attractive sport for younger people to go and play because that's where your success will come from in the future. If you don't keep generating new numbers, new people into the sport, then it won't be sustained forever. Now, hey, something happened yesterday, uh, which I thought would never happen, uh, and it was around the game on Thursday night between Richmond and Carlton. The umpires came out and said they got it wrong. 
That's the first time I think that's ever happened. Thursday night, there was two 50-metre penalties that were paid for Richmond uh, or against Richmond that shouldn't have been paid due to the protected area. I didn't think we'd see the day, Hayes, where the AFL would come out and say the umpire's got it wrong. No, well, that rule's absolute load of tripe, I reckon, because it doesn't have any impact on the play. The players are involved in it. Some of them are going in to make a tackle or put a spoil on, and then they've got to get out very quickly. I just think in the game of footy to be decided by two of those wrong free kicks is wrong. Get it right. Just concentrate on if it does impact the person with the ball, then pay the free kick. If there's no impact, don't worry about it. No point. If the bloke's running five metres past and doesn't deliberately go and prevent the bloke from uh, disposing of it, what are we worried about? And this is another rule that's been brought in because of the way that coaches have been coaching, that they had too many players encroaching on the mark. They had sometimes people there putting on blocks for their opponent. And now then the AFL has to bring in another rule. Mm. How often do we see it? Too many changes. Too many changes, and Too the coaches many. are holding the game to ransom and that, with their game plan. And that's why the umpires get it wrong, because there's too many to mm. try and adjudicate. Now, that's one of our hot topics uh, this morning for Onga Pumps. The pumping hot sale is now on. We've got more hot topics, including uh, Hayes' predictions for some of the footy c- coming up this weekend shortly, and Nat Fife. He spoke to Carl and Hayes a little earlier in the week. We're going to hear that as well here on Off the Bench, right across the West. You're listening to Off The Bench with Jack Crawshaw and Paul Hazelman. The Hot Topic for Onga Pumps. Pumping Hot Sale now on. Yeah, we love a hot topic on a Saturday morning, Hayes. For the Pumping Hot Sale, win an outdoor kitchen worth 10K, so visit ongapumpshop.com.au. Now, let's touch on Katie Brennan, uh, Hayes, uh, the AFLW Western Bulldogs skipper. Now, uh, she was unsuccessful in uh, getting to play in the grand final today, right, against the Western Bulldogs. Twice. Twice. Uh, MRP ruled her out. She appealed, ruled her out. They've, they don't want to go into the high court thing, but they've decided that they're going to launch a gender discrimination case because if it was, this was in the men's game, she thinks that it, her statement on Friday morning said that she thinks that that would be okay. It would be legal tackle, nothing would happen. Now, surely we're opening up a massive big can of worms here, Hayes, if we start talking about what is not acceptable in the women's game and is in the men's game. I'm really disappointed with this, Jack. Um, Look, if you go back to the actual incident, I'm actually with her. She should be playing this weekend. But to come out and cite discrimination and taking it to the Human Rights Commission, as you said, is just going to open up a massive can of words. Where does this start and finish? Because the women, they don't get paid anywhere near the men. Should they? No, they shouldn't. Their competition is at a different part of its development. And to take the AFL to this situation, who have just given them a competition of their own, Gil McLaughlin was very keen to get it up and running earlier than expected. He did that. There's no other women's sport in the land that actually gets the publicity provided by the AFL. You see them on Channel 7. What other the sports do you see on the commercial networks like that? That's come from the AFL. They've gave them a massive leg up, and for Katie Brennan, the Western Bulldogs, to go down this path is wrong. Sure, try and change the rules, but do it through the right channels. Go to the AFL Players Association, and next year, introduce fines for this situation, and make the fines a percentage of their pay that matches up with the men's. Very simple. But this is the wrong outcome, and I'm disappointed. Well, it's interesting. Nicole Livingston, the CEO of the AFLW, said uh, on Friday, yesterday, Hayes, that uh, she wasn't a fan of fines. She didn't want to bring fines into the competition. And I'm guessing it's got something to do with the the weighting of the, the pay level versus the fines. But surely you can work that out. That doesn't make sense to me, because the men's average is 350000 The women's average is 15000 Isn't it very simple just to work out the 
same percentage some sort of, scarf, of yeah. that. So the percentage for the women's might work out to be a $300 fine. That's okay. It's still going to eliminate some of these actions. And also, it would help because with the short season, instead of players getting suspended for X amount of games, a fine would be more appropriate. So then at least they're out playing the, whatever it is, seven, eight, nine rounds of footy that they've got. And we've seen it happen to some of the bigger names. Steph Tiocci got two weeks early in the year, the captain of Collingwood. Now we see Katie Brennan, the captain of the Western Bulldogs. The AFL women's competition needs these big players, these big-name players out there because it's still in that growth phase. Let's move on, Hayes. This is uh, one of our hot topics this morning uh, for the Onga Pumps. The pumping hot sale is now on. Uh, let's talk about the Dockers. They're on a little bit later today against Port Adelaide. Uh, how close do Fremantle get to Port Adelaide today, considering that they'd go in the favourites at home, the power? They can win this, the Fremantle Dockers. It's not beyond them. They are trained to the minute for this. They've had a really good pre-season. They put their best team out on the park for the three games they played and against West Coast, they were far too good on that occasion. They've got the best midfield they've had for a long time. Their forward line all of a sudden looks a bit better with Tabernar and Ballantyne doing well. I'm not sure what Ross Lyon is doing with Joel Hamling being left out of the lineup because he has been terrific since he's come and back. I understand he didn't travel either. He didn't travel and the other one included Daniel Pierce continues to get a game, which just astounds me the way that Ross Lyon has handled this situation. I think in a development phase, it's time to introduce other players. Griffin Logue not included, who was a number eight pick from last year. Okay, West Coast tomorrow against the Swans. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Hayes? They will bounce back too. I don't think they'll beat the Sydney Swans, but they have to bounce back from that performance against the Fremantle Dockers. But there's just too many queries. Do they win enough ball through the midfield without those retiring players in Mitchell and Prittis? And the other one, no Josh Kennedy, who's going to kick their goals? Mm. I don't think somebody like Jack Darling can carry the load, and I worry about the other youngsters coming in there. We Waterman. Liam Ryan, Waterman. It's just going to take time for that small forward line to grow without Josh Kennedy. So I think the Sydney Swans will be too strong, Jack. Okay, they're the hot topics this morning here on Off the Bench for the Pumping Hot Sale with one of 30 Weber barbecues worth $700 to be won. Visit ongapumpshop.com.au. Dockers fans, your skipper, Nat Fife, he's coming up next right across the West. You're listening to Off the Bench with Jack Crawshaw and Paul Hazelby. Well, the Dockers, they're in action against Port Adelaide this afternoon. And Carl Langdon and our man here, Paul Hazelby, caught up with the skipper of the Fremantle Dockers, Nat Fife, a little earlier in the week. Well, what do you reckon, mate? Obviously, another pre-season. You've been there for a while now. You've seen uh, your boys toil through it, and now you're about to put it into action. How do you think the, the feeling is around the place? Yeah, it's my ninth pre-season, believe it or not. Uh, and still there's no scientific uh, proof that having a good pre-season as far as win-loss actually helps you in season form. But I think the games that we played against Adelaide and West Coast, uh, certainly some positive signs come out of it. And on the eve of round one, our, our team's looking and feeling pretty good. I remember your first pre-season, Fife. You're a skinny kid with big hands. You could take a mark. But tell us about your second year in charge as captain. Have you done anything different? Have you found it easier or more challenging? Uh, so far, I was able to incorporate a few of the learnings from my first year, Hayes. Uh, there's a, a whole heap of admin things you have to get your head around when you become captain. What, what am I needing to do day by day, week by week? Who do I need to touch base with, check in with? Uh as well as managing the challenge of getting yourself up individually to play uh, and addressing the team at the same time. So I'm sure round two I'll be better equipped to handle it and still having Aaron Sanderland and David Money to, Monday to lean on uh, will be helpful. Now both very good, weren't they, on the weekend? I think those two in the midfield with yourself, Lockie Neal, some fit Hill brothers, all of a sudden that midfield is looking like one of the better in the competition. 
Yeah, I think our midfield's our strength. Uh, we've got a group of about seven or eight guys that have played 70, 80 games together, and you add Brad Hill onto the edge of that, and now Andy Brayshaw, Bailey Banfield. Uh, all of a sudden, it's quite an experienced midfield group, and from that, we'll see some spillover into some forward line attack with Lockie, myself, Dave Mundy, hoping to go forward and share the load of kicking goals as well. If you say that that's your strength, your weakness then is your forward line, but it's looked pretty good across the pre-season. Hayden Ballantyne back into form, but also Matt Tabernard. What about his performance, and do you expect him to continue with that sort of consistency? Yeah, I, I do with Matt. I've been slowly easing a bit of pressure onto him through the media, saying that this could potentially be the year that he kicks the 40 goals. Uh, to which he responds that he, he can't stand it when I do that to him. But I think he has the calibre and the potential to uh, to be that key focal point for us. Um, but we're not going to rely on him and, and put the bank on him. We've got Shane Kirsten and Cam McCarthy developing their craft. Uh, and as you say, we've got a potent small forward line attack now with Brendan Matera, Hayden Ballantyne, Brady Gray, uh, and Sonny Walters getting down there as well. So we'll... Uh, try a few different things um, and I don't think round one we'll get it exactly right but we'll just try over the first five to six weeks and see what forward line attack was working best for us. Mate, a lot has changed in the last 18 months and we go back uh, to this point last year. You'd just been flogged pretty much by West Coast up in Geraldton. You came back and you got flogged in your first couple of games of AFL and the whole world was caving in around you. And the way you finished the season with some well-credentialed teams, Sydney and Richmond, uh, you got two pretty good thumpings there too and you finished off okay in your last game against Essendon. We're going to see a significantly different team. We've still got a few uh, works in progress, but when you have a look at a few of those guys like Hamling and now Alex Pierce back into your defensive zone, and I don't know what sort of tra- strategy you're going to implement, but it looks like you've gone back to a little bit of the old Ross Lyon style. Is that fair to say or not? I think that's pretty accurate, Carl. Last year was a, a genuine roller coaster. We got belted early, then we had six from seven wins, and then we got belted late, so... Uh, the Ross Lyon style you're referring to is just being a harder team to play against and making every time we step out in the park the opposition feel like they have to work to get over the top of us um, and I think that was a signature of those two games we saw in the preseason. and you're right having Joel and Alex uh, as our key defensive posts we can build around them and have Jono and Lee Spur coming in and out as well as uh, Nathan Wilson who's proved to be a big uh, attacking inclusion for our team as well so as a starting point being a harder team to play against is what we want to build our brand around. Not too many players come in straight from the draft and play round one, but you've got two doing that, Brayshaw and also Banfield. I saw you handing over the jumper the other day. How much of a privilege was that, and what do you expect from these guys? Not too many. I reckon you might have done it, Hayes. Yeah, that's why I asked, Lifey, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Still baiting them. Uh, No, they're um, two quality young blokes, and... As I said in that small vid, uh, video, that Pav was able to hand my first game jumper over, and I still remember the butterflies I got from that. So to be able to do that and see their, their faces light up as they get their plane ticket over Adelaide is a special part of being a captain. Nat Fife from the Fremantle Dockers, the skipper. He'll be leading from the front when the side takes on Port Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval a little later on this afternoon. Got an RDO and the world-famous dig coming up next off the bench right across the west. You're listening to Off The Bench with Jack Crawshaw and Paul Hazelman. Yeah, welcome back. The dig coming up uh, very shortly here on Off The Bench. But let's uh, get into an RDO, uh, Hayes. So now, 
Uh, right decision all. Social media, it's such a, a big impact on everybody's lives, whether it's you and me, whether it's uh, doesn't matter who, including high-profile sportsmen. Now, should high-profile sportsmen and women use social media to either be able to make comment or see what everyone's saying about them from both an on-field mental type aspect and an off-field get-themselves-in-trouble aspect. It's becoming a dangerous game, Jack. I think when it first came in, it was fantastic. It gave an opportunity for the general public to get involved with their favourite sports people, their musicians, their actors, or whatever it might be, that they could follow them and interact with them. But as it's gone on, there's so many trolls out there, and it's almost given a forum for people to absolutely tee off with things that they don't like about certain individuals. We've had examples of players like Mitch Marsh in cricket. He basically said he had to get off completely because it was so draining reading all the negative comments about him. Shane Watson was probably a bit the same who copped it on social media more than any other player. We had an example this week of Vernon Philander, the South African fast bowler, who got in there and he actually made comment about the Rabada situation and Steve Smith and actually laid some blame at Steve Smith. Wasn't him, though. Well, that's what he said later. He came out and said that it was a hacking that occurred and it wasn't actually him. Then on the weekend, there was a free kick paid on Thursday night, sorry, against Daisy Thomas with a handball that was a handball, but then you had Patrick Dangerfield, the president of the AFL Players Association now, saying, how is that not a handball? Now, that's in bringing to question... The umpiring decision. The umpiring decision, Yeah. yeah, and he's publicly now condemning the umpire decision. You can't do that in the AFL. If a coach does that, he gets fined. We just saw in the NBL they had a go at the umpires. Joey Joey Wright, $5,000 or something. $5,000. So going forward, I think it's going to change. I think players have to get off there because for their own mental stability to not follow all the jargon and garbage that goes on. And the other part is it just gets you into trouble. I think that – Purely use an image one, so like an Instagram or something like that, if you want to have all your pictures up mm. and family, etc. But Facebook and Twitter, I'd be staying well off those where people send you messages and, you know, all sorts. So uh, I think you're right, Hayes, 100%. And you see it in media. Like, I've actually got off myself personally not doing too many tweets because if you do something that somebody doesn't like, then all of a sudden you cop it from all angles and it's just not worth it to get your message out on that one occasion. Right, Hayes, let's get into the dig. The Dig. Yeah, Dole Before You Dig, the essential first step, and we love Dole Before You Dig on for the dig right throughout the footy season. Now, uh, Hayes, my dig, it's a little one, it's a little jab, little jab. Now, Sheffield Shield final, right, it's being played between Queensland and Tasmania uh, this week. It's due to start yesterday, but rain, morning rain in Brisbane, it's being played at the Allen Borderfield, meant that the outfield didn't dry quick enough, and therefore they missed... You know, I think all of the days play, right? Or very played very little. Just up the road, there's a ground called the Gabba that has arguably one of the best drainage systems in world mm. cricket, and it's sitting there doing absolutely nothing. Do you know the real name is the Woolen Gabba? The Woolen Gabba. Mm. That's exactly right, Ace. It's good. Yeah. It's the suburb of the actual place is Woolen Gabba. Now, why not? The goal, the, the Brisbane Lions are playing in Melbourne. The Gold Coast wouldn't be playing there anyway. They're playing in Cairns, albeit their venue's being used for the Commonwealth Games. So why not be using the Gabba? If it's free and sitting there doing nothing, use the thing. They would have played nearly a full day's cricket, Hayes. Yeah, but does it give it less time for them to get the proper 
wicket taken out and then ready for football use if there's only a week to do that until Brisbane have to play there next week? Well, if Brisbane don't play a home game until round three, so be it. It's not AFL's not the be-all and end-all, is it, Hayes? I mean, it's a venue shared by... Queensland cricket, Brisbane Heat, obviously in the Big Bash and also the cricket. So is it worth if it, If they Jack? make the Sheffield Shield final, well, final, it's not a home and away game, it's the final. Yeah, but you don't know Played that prior to it though, Jack. You know, leading into it, there's a one in eight chance they're going to get the final at that area. You can't hold the AFL back for that well, period of time. Well, why don't they just not fix a home game till round three? Because then they're, then they're missing out. Well, the first fortnight. Compromises their draw. Well, then at some stage, they've first got two four, games away from home. Well, first, well, the first two weeks. Mm. What about rounds three and four they play at home? So mm. after four rounds, they're evil. Difficult they're because equal. you're basically throwing away your first two games yeah. of the season, I reckon which is not ideal. Still use the I'm going to stick with cricket, though, with my dig. What about England? All out for 58 oh, good on in the first test against New Zealand. That was horrendous by them. And my other dig is around Luke Beveridge. And the Western Bulldogs. Now, throughout the week, he got very angry with the media in regards to trade rumours about some of his players and saying that those players weren't thrown up for trade. I've got a solution. Every player is up for trade because if somebody wants to give away Joel Selwood, Patrick Dangerfield and Tom Hawkins for Nat Fife, guess what? Nat Fife is gone. See you later. So every player should be put up for trade, and then you don't have this he said, she said scenario. That's where the AFL landscape is moving. Don't dig yourself into a hole. Lodge a free dial before you dig. Inquiry the dig every week on Off the Bench. Thank you, Hayes. Thank you, Jack. Is this our last show together? Oh, I think it is, Hayes. I'm departing. Well done to you, mate. Great working with you over the last 12 months, and all the best for your future. Thanks very much, Hayes. I don't know who's coming in next week. You'll find out soon. Right here on Off the Bench, right across the West. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.